You are listening to the Dabble Co. Podcast. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Claire O'Brien. In healthcare, we have so many questions about what's trending versus what's actually the truth. So on this show, we're going to get to the bottom of it. It's health, it's wellness, it's beauty, explained by the people who actually know what they're talking about. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dabble Co. Podcast. Um, I am so unbelievably excited. I'm here with Alyssa Rosenheck in Nashville. Um, Thank you tremendously for taking the time out. So Alyssa has a book coming out, and so she's crazy, crazy busy. Um, And I just basically was like, oh, I'm going to be here. Can you please record with me? And she said yes, so I'm thrilled. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to chat with her about her life and her journey through thyroid cancer. And also her husband is a head and neck surgeon, which I just think is a really fun dynamic. So thank you. Thank you for having, no, thank you for having me. It is such an honor to be here with you and to finally meet you. I know that we've been been Instagram friends for a very long time. I feel like I've been talking to you via Instagram for like a year, maybe even more, but I think two years I found. So I was thinking today, I was like, how did I even find this person? So, because I'm not in the like design photography world at all. I don't, I know nothing about that. So, (laughs) um, I follow a Charleston artist, Chambers Austell, and I think she must have reposted a long time ago when you got this. So, Alyssa, I met Alyssa's house, and she has this giant... It's like a six by seven. Feet. It's kind of synergistic that... It is gigantic. That Chambers is what connected us, and we have a six by seven version of her I think it is, because I can't think of any other way, and I think you showed it in your home, and I was like, oh, she has cool pictures, and then... yeah. I just loved your design, like the design thing. So Alyssa is an architectural photographer. Mm-hmm. Is that the best way to say it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an architectural and interiors photographer and stylist. Right. And so I work with designers and architects. Um, I started about six years ago through a whole life pivot. We'll go there later. But it was a pretty antiquated side of the business at the time. Tons Mm -hmm. of men were shooting, not a lot of women, Mm -hmm. not a lot of focus on women and creativity. Mm -hmm. And so um, I entered in and I really pioneered a new way of doing business in the industry. So everybody was focusing on print at the time. And I just magazines. Yeah. Okay. And I just come from the corporate world. Mm -hmm. I have a pretty extensive corporate background So the industry was pretty antiquated, came in, pioneered a new way of doing business in the industry by focusing on the digital landscape and no photographer was doing at the time. Mm. And from my corporate background, I really understood what was happening in our economy Mm -hmm. and how it was trickling down and affecting the editorial community and it hadn't yet. And so I also was just starting out, so I wasn't good enough to get into those print outlets. Right. And I wanted to really understand how I can be further of service for my clients. And so I went in and um, shot, styled, and then I said, okay, how else can I have a return on investment with what they're investing in me mm-hmm. and how I can expand their digital footprint? So I started pitching all of my projects out to really help build women-owned businesses. Yes. And you're so, so great about 
gosh, I mean, I feel like if you need encouragement or kind of wisdom, guidance, like I feel like you're like a mom figure to all these like <laughs> women. Where so I'm like, Melissa, should I do this? And you're like, Yes, you go, girl. Like in the not in that way, of course, you would never say that. But I do feel like you're so good at encouraging women to to do what they're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. I think I, I really started my social outlets first as a litmus test to see if I could even put my work out there, you know, and to also really be the love and support I want to see in the world. And sometimes that means not having it first and doing it for others. And it's mm-hmm. really synergistic and beautiful in a way that women can come together really navigate around their egos and Mm -hmm. start supporting each other because that's what love is love is growing together love is removing your ego from relationships and having a really strong basis of connectedness and community and and kindness and so if we can do that we're so much stronger together and I feel like I've heard you say similar so many things like that and where every time I hear it I'm like gosh I mean that is what feels like it's lacking to me, mm-hmm. you know, in social media land, which well, is... Well, it can also be a cesspool. I am not blind right. to it. Right. You know, it can be, it can, you can go into comparison mm-hmm. and you can go into this lack-based, fear-based mentality. You can go into jealousy. Mm-hmm. But I think if you use it truly to recognize your triggers, mm-hmm. grow from those triggers, mm-hmm. have it be a mirror, but also put the love and kindness and compassion and empathy out into the world in the way that you want to see it Mm -hmm. it's a powerful thing but I also appreciate about you too that you will kind of share so we were talking about this just when I first got here but obviously your feed is a highlight reel of sometimes your life but a lot of other people's you know lives because you're taking these beautiful pictures but in your stories and or sometimes even in your feed, you share non-highlights, you know, mm-hmm. of, I got this message today and yeah. or whatever it is. And one of the most recent ones, we just celebrated Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, technically as a photographer, I study light as it moves from room to room. Mm-hmm. Like that is my moving meditation. It is poetry for me. It is a form of art. Truly is just really embracing the light in a space. Mm-hmm. I also apply it to my life because what gives light interest, mm-hmm. it's our shadows. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to hone in. I get emotional. I pro- <laughs> I'm like, I challenge myself every conversation. I'm like, don't cry. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> but, you know, our shadows are what gives our light depth and growth right. and power. And we have to embrace those. And so, you know, I woke up, Ben, I think was golfing on Father's Day we have a little puppy, so he's a, a puppy dad. But um, I started, I got on social media, and it was just everyone's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And my heart breaks for those who've lost their fathers or who had, you, have a tough you know, relationship alcoholic, with your dad, right? you know, issues right. with their parents or whatever that is, whatever those shadows are. I really do think it's important to see them, hold space for them, heal through them. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing it, it's a really beautiful ripple effect. And when you're standing in that truth, you're allowing others to stand in their truth and really right. heal through theirs. Right. Yeah. So was Father's Day hard or? No. Yeah. I think I I have gotten to a place with my father. Mm-hmm. He, you know, growing up, he is this like gregarious spirit. He's mm-hmm. just fun loving, but he has his demons and he never healed past mm-hmm. those traumas. And I think when you have a traumatic event, you either 
heal through it and mature Mm -hmm. or you're at that level of when that trauma happened and you stay there emotionally. Right. And I feel like he was never willing to heal through those things. Right. And in turn was like a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's life. Yeah. So I have strong boundaries. Yes. That's good. (laughs) It doesn't trigger me. But when I got on social media, I was like, I have to share my truth because I can't. I have to cut through the highlight reel here. Yeah. No, it's... I'm sick of seeing it. I think people appreciate it so genuinely. Yeah. You know, that you're not particularly one way or the other, that you really do share a lot of very true things. And I think when we focus on the meaning behind our experiences, like, as crummy as, like, some of those experiences were around him... Mm -hmm. Do I wish I could have taken them back? Maybe. Maybe I would be totally different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, he was my first teacher. He mm-hmm. taught me to be my own leader. To He taught me how to heal myself. Like, he right. taught me he taught me how to be really strong and fierce in my truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Independent. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. All of those things. So, <laughs> I wanted to talk about your thyroid cancer. Yeah. I just, I feel like, well, first of all, many people just love hearing, you know, that story. And then... But, so, I was thinking about on the way over here, what, how did you get diagnosed? So, this is an interesting story. It goes kind of into the relationship I have with my husband now, Mm -hmm. so. So cute. So, get ready. Yes, I'm ready. And thyroid cancer, so this is going to be all women, pretty much. I have, like, two dudes that listen. It's, like, my husband and my friend, Jason. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hi, guys. (laughs) um, And thyroid cancer can affect men, but it it really is predominantly a women's cancer yeah. and at our age it's really I mean, common yeah. among our age yeah yeah um so at the time I'll I'll wind back a little bit so I was in the corporate world like I had mentioned and during this time um my previous company I worked for was 3M in industrial manufacturing and then the market crashed and then I went into medical device I cannot see you like working at 3M I mean, it what? was such an awesome company. What? I was, it was amazing. Like, what did you do there? I was... I was in industrial manufacturing. So I would go into plant facilities uh-huh. and I would, um, show a return on investment with, uh, machines and, and yeah. yeah. And so it was all packaging equipment. That's so fun. So what a hard left. Well, it was awesome. You know, 3M is, they have an incredible training program and mm-hmm. they invest so much in the people they hire. And I never felt limited in within them. I felt mm-hmm. like they were, they were gearing me up to be so successful. Mm-hmm. And I really cool. valued, you know, the investment, the knowledge. I felt like I walked away with a mini MBA there yeah, just because of their really in-depth training facility and programs. Um, so then the market crashed 2008, 2009, I moved back to Nashville mm-hmm. And with 3M, I moved all over, did extensive training at St. Paul, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and then um, moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, and then Birmingham, Alabama, and then back to Nashville. That is really all over. Yeah, all over. Um, And then I got a job with a medical device company that went through one of the largest global mergers with a huge Fortune 100 company, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was in spine, Mm -hmm. medical device sales. So Mm -hmm. that is really grueling. Yeah. And I was making decisions because of the way I grew up. I wasn't cognizant of this at the time. Okay. It was really structured. It was really um out of fear. I was like I have to be an independent, financially independent mm-hmm. woman and I can't rely upon a man. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. was like what was fueling me. And so it wasn't like was I that had... taught to you? Like did, was your No. 
Well, my mom, my dad's very entrepreneurial and my mom um, has always been like, you can do whatever you want to do. Shoot for the moon, but don't, don't rely upon a man. And I saw what happened between their divorce. Right. They, um, they went through an eight year divorce and he financially ruined her. And through that, through that experience, I promised myself I would never be put in the position to ever have any of my stability taken away by somebody else Mm -hmm. ever. (laughs) Do you still feel like that? Ask Ben. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. <laughs> Putting you on the spot a little bit. But I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I have set up my businesses to be very financially independent. Mm-hmm. You know, we also share a lot of the things. Like, I, a lot of this is came, what came from my corporate background, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, so I've been very, I feel like, independent and savvy with my financial decisions to right. set to set us both up, but we're also very much a team too. Right. So we, right. we plan together and he, he's a special man. Cause he knows, he knows, you know, yeah. My triggers. Yeah. And sure. he lets me like, he, he holds space and gives me grace. Yeah. You know, it's very trusting to, in that relationship too. But also like I built two businesses. Yeah. You know, his yeah. name's not on any of those accounts. Right. <laughs> like, right. So there, there we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You were in corporate land and oh, you yeah. moved back yep. to Nashville. Yep. And, you know, making decisions kind of out of fear. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So Ben and I also, we met when I was training in medical device spine. Okay. Um, we met at a bar Yeah. and you know, like the good old days, I guess. I met my husband <laughs> at a bar, which I feel like so <laughs> Gross saying, but I'm like, we met at a bar. We met at a we bar. We did. Yeah, we did too, which is funny. How did that happen? I, I, well, I actually had a crush on his roommate and made my friend go talk to his roommate. <laughs> and he like, so I had just finished nursing school. I really wanted to be an ER nurse. Uh-huh. And he like told me he could get me a job in the ER, which like was not accurate at all. No. And <laughs> then we both were working at this hospital, small VA together in Charleston. We were like basically the two youngest people in the hospital and we became just best friends. And I anyway, love that. Yeah, it was funny. But so we did. Sweet. We met at a bar, which is feels so funny so saying sweet. now. But it's true. We were in, I was with a girlfriend at the time. We were in my neighborhood bar having burgers at the bar and a group of her girl, or a group of her acquaintances walk in. We get up. She's introducing me. Ben's standing on the periphery of like this group, mm-hmm. not talking to anybody. And I get like real, like I overextend myself because I mm-hmm. never want anybody just to be silent and alone. Right. So I'm like, hi, my name's Alyssa. How do you know everybody? He's like, I don't. I'm just standing, getting a beer at the bar. And I'm like, I don't pick up men. Uh, <laughs> I'm traditional. You're like, and I like immediately hard abort, left back. Abort, abort, stop, enough, <laughs> done. Sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So y'all just started talking and then yeah, kind of the rest. That's really cute. Yeah. That's funny. So we started dating when I was in device. Um, and ironically, he was at Vanderbilt mm-hmm. and we were working like seven rooms down from one another. Yeah. So he's a surgeon, which so yep. for people that are probably like, what? So if you were in spine medical device sales, you were in and out of the OR all day, all the, basically. All day long. So y'all and would see each other at work? You no, know, oh. we didn't. Oh, you but, didn't? No, because again, like... Oh, and everybody's in all your sterile stuff. Yeah, your, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. totally different world. 
Um, and you know, it was tough being a woman in medical device sales and spine. There weren't many women. Mm -hmm. And so the last thing I wanted anybody to know was like, I'm dating a resident. Right. (laughs) We met at a bar, you know, like that just wasn't. Yeah. That's not the vibe you want to give off. No, I remember a surgeon, um, I was, you know, the the surgeons that I worked with, they were awesome. They were all like my dad. They treated me like their daughter. They taught mm-hmm. me so much. But I remember one saying, they were like, you know, this is a great environment for you. You can marry a doctor here. And mm-hmm. I was like, nobody. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be yeah. a doctor. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to marry one. Yeah. And it just kind of was that mentality a little yeah. bit. So long story short, short, you know, really long days, probably 14, 15 hour days, didn't take a vacation for six years in medical device, super financially driven. Um, just make, just gearing towards like arbitrary levels of success, totally rooted out of fear. Ben and I were also dating. Timing was just not great with us at Mm -hmm. that point. He was in like the thick of his residency. I was in the thick of my training and trying to develop my career. Right. And, um, there were also like issues too you know like when you are dating somebody serious you're also you know dating families and like all of these things and just timing was not right so we um we got engaged Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh I don't know if I've talked about this we got engaged I called off our wedding oh my gosh six weeks before I was walking down the aisle (laughs) What? Look at your face. <laughs> I'm like, Beth, my mouth is wild. I'm like, what? Yeah, called off the wedding, and I moved to Chicago. I said, screw it. We're done. We took a year apart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're going to get to thyroid cancer in a minute because okay. it all centers around. But <laughs> took a year apart. Um, I moved through an acquisition with the company. Okay. And Chicago, like, is such an incredible city. Yeah. I love that city. So... Um, and then we got back together a year after we just took a break Mm -hmm. and we started doing long distance. And I remember coming back to Nashville, Mm -hmm. we were in Franklin having dinner, um, at the red pony. And we were talking about how we wanted to get married the second time around and how we wanted it to be like a vacation for everybody and just it to be like very small and intimate and different. And he looked across the table and he was like, you have a tumor growing out of your neck. Oh. And I was like, um, we haven't even ordered appetizers. <laughs> like, he just said it like that? Yeah, he looked at me straight on and he's like, you have a tumor growing out of your neck. He's like, how have you not seen this? I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Which is funny because <laughs> that's all he does all day. Yeah, because so. he's like a highly skilled <laughs> One at one of the top programs, very specialized, like, oh super specialized, and so he's like, you know, you saved my life by leaving. He's like, and now it's my turn to save yours. Oh god, I know. And I was like, oh. So he knew. Did he, he knew? Did he know it was thyroid, or was he worried that it was like a lymph node or something? No, else? he. I had a golf ball sized tumor growing uh-huh. out of my neck, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm thin. I've always been active. I. Right. I've always had energy. I never had symptoms. Right. And I always thought it was like a pr- my prominent esophageal ring. Right. No. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, yes. crazy. Yeah. Not it's, really. No. That's fine. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he found it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet angel. I know, sweet angel. And then I'm kind of stubborn, so I'm like, no, I'm going to go back to Northwestern and take care of it. 
okay. Because yeah. you lived, well, you lived in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. So what, ha- so went back. Um, was he finished with res, with, what, where was he at that point? Oh, I think he was practicing at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so when he was practicing at this point, for sure, went back, tried to get into Northwestern, what took two weeks to just understand that I had a tumor, mm-hmm. you know, it, I was like enough. So I had missed him. We were wanting to start over yeah. and have a life together. And so, um, so through that time, um, I picked up a camera, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I think I flew back quickly to Vanderbilt, had a biopsy, had everything diagnosed within that day. Right. And then went back to Chicago, picked up a camera, read the manual, like cried for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because when you have cancer, when you hear you have cancer, yeah. you went through a health scare. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it it stops you in your tracks. Yeah. And you then finally pause. And that was the first time I've ever yeah. created that stillness for myself. Right. And I read the manual and um, started shooting my condo and fell in love with the process. And it, I feel like it, it kind of saved me in mm-hmm. a, in a in a way. Yeah. And um, and it launched, you know, a, a really incredible career. And so, sold the condo in Chicago, moved back. Um, we got married. Yeah. At the courthouse. You did. Yeah. So y'all didn't even do. You were like, Mm-mm. just let's just no. go. Oh. All my family, all my close people were in town. Yeah. You know, before surgery, and you know, had surgery and healed. And through healing, I built the business here and mm-hmm. really worked hard to create a new life, a life, you know, founded founded on love and community and um, you know, things. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. So he didn't do your surgery, surely. Yeah, no, which, which his, people are probably like, you would never do. You just would never do that. No, on your he own person. It was nice to see him in a role and such a caring and supportive role. Mm-hmm. And his mentor and one of his best friends did my surgery. Yeah, yeah. Did it? I I would love to ask him. Like, did that? Did you going through that change? Anything about the way he practices or the way he sees patients? I mean, sure. I've can't imagine that it didn't but Ben if you knew Ben um I wish he was here so you could meet him mm-hmm. he has such a kind calming disposition mm-hmm. it's not um and he's humble mm-hmm. like you wouldn't even know anything about him or how crazy smart he is he got a full ride to medical school right you know wow. that's nuts yeah and he's just observant and kind and compassionate and so I don't think my experience changed him. I think that's who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he he takes his time with his patients and he takes his time with people to really listen and hear right. and understand and then move forward. And right. that's what he did with me. Yeah. And it was nice. Did you have to have radioactive iodine? I didn't. That's so good. We had, I did it. I had a total thyroidectomy. Uh-huh. There were some complications. Um, and it, this may be correlated just due to being a thin thinner patient and I'd mm-hmm. love to hear your thoughts with this but uh about a week post-op my parathyroid stopped working and yeah. we didn't know it and yeah. he came in my mom was in town he was helping and he was bringing me like applesauce or something soft you yeah. know and I like was gray and passing out yeah and they rushed me to back to Vanderbilt you didn't have any symptoms before like numbness tingling, none of that. I don't know I mean I feel like um just what I've seen. So, so when you take the thyroid out, there are these tiny little glands behind the thyroid that balance your calcium. Mm -hmm. And so the risk when you take out the whole entire thyroid is damaging those little glands. 
Um, and they, so to have what you had permanently is like pretty life. It's, I mean, I think it's probably the worst complication you can have after a total thyroidectomy. Yeah. Um, because we hear calcium and we're like, no, no you deal. don't realize that how important it's, it is. It regulates almost everything. <laughs> right. I mean, your muscles, which is, you know, your heart is a muscle. So it's kind of, I mean, it's, I was it's having, important. I, my hands like were tetany. contracting. Oh, gosh. And I was like. It full was on. Full on. Like, yeah. He, I have never, and Ben is so like calm. I'm like, do you have a pulse? You know? Yeah. And he was immediately like. Probably panicked. Panicked. I mean, you'll die. Yeah. And so it, for the fear of me going into like cardiac arrest. Right. And. And then I was in the hospital for a little bit longer, Ugh. you know, managing that. Yeah. But that, you know, I think going through that also was like, oh, I just had cancer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, for real. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was very real. Yeah. So you're now, what, five, six, five or six, six. years out? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Because I remember six when you had your five-year name. That's such a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're good. I mean. Yeah. But cancer, it's interesting. Um, the community, you know, on social media, I have a lot of cancer survivors and I have a lot of people going through it. And mm-hmm. a year after I was diagnosed, um, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, cancer touches all of us. Yeah. For sure. Meyer. Yes. Alyssa's <laughs> dog is here. We are not growling at each other. That's her little dog is like sitting in your lap because I think he doesn't understand why I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. No, he hears all the Sorry. construction outside. But um, yeah, the cancer cancer just touches everybody, yeah. and nobody's immune to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think um, working. So I worked in a cancer practice, two different practices, but did a boatload of thyroid um, for ten years, basically, and I think. I think, too, part of being in the practice, I'd love to hear what Ben has to say, but you almost have to separate yourself emotionally from kind of everything that you're doing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't continue to do it every day. Because I think I think if I, not if, but when, there was basically one time I totally allowed myself to get involved in this patient's life. Mm-hmm. Because it was very similar to mine. She mm-hmm. was my age. We had kids the same age. Mm-hmm. And when she died, it literally it, devastated me. Yeah. For weeks. Like, I would just cry. We but were, I think that's a human... That's you being human. Yeah, what, totally. You know, but... I think when you are cutting on somebody, you have to go into a certain place. Mode, yeah. You yeah. have to mentally be cognizant of everything you're doing and not yeah intermix that with emotion. Yeah. But Ben is invested in his in his patients. I see it. I see him staying up at night if there's a complication right. or right. you know, so it's definitely um it's a hard I mean it's a weird place to be because you you have to separate in some ways but you also need to humanize yeah everything to yeah. to really care for somebody and yeah. So it's hard. I mean, it's a hard job. It's a hard job for sure. I admire all those who do it. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's definitely a gift that everybody has to be able to heal yeah. and help. I bowed out and now I do Botox. <laughs> so <Stop>. very, very <laughs> hard left. But I'm, <laughs> I'll probably go back to cancer someday. I loved it so much. I really did. I loved it so much. So I, what I told Alyssa when I, we were talking about what we were going to talk about, I love the way that... So I always want to highlight 
obviously, you know, traditional Western medicine yeah. is like my training. It's yeah. what I do and it's, you know, what your husband does. And, but I love the way that you integrate more holistic both. things and talk about both. Yeah. And I, I want to highlight that Yeah, because I do think it's so important. It's it's interesting. Ben is definitely very Western medicine right. until like he's been married to me for six years, you know, because right. he's very cerebral and incredibly um, almost deductive, you know, in his thinking. Like he mm-hmm. reduces concepts and he's has a healthy skepticism. Yeah. And I'm like, no, don't but you want to see data yeah. and statistics? Yeah. And... Everything's very data driven yeah. and, you know, clinical studies. And I'm like, didn't you feel the energy when you walked into the room, Ben? And he's like, I don't know what that means. I don't either. Like, when people say it, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I mean, what did, do you, did your fingers buzz? Like, I don't know what that means. It's I so, think I wish live, I did. Well, I think we live so much in our frontal lobe. Like, everything is analytical and right. kind of, like, eco-driven. And I yeah. think if we go back to more of a passive receiving mode, more into a primitive portion of our brain, I think that's where creativity comes in. I think that's where selflessness comes into play. I feel right. like that's where like those healing capacities come in and the willingness and the courage to like go there yeah. and to really be sensitive and connected to the world around you. What were you saying about self-care when we were talking earlier? You were saying Not you all, feel like women are yeah. afraid to give themselves permission to care for themselves. Right. And I feel like... Um, a lot of times I see, I see courage and I see vulnerability, but I also see women wanting permission to start incorporating self-care in their own lives. And they don't even know what that means yet. Mm-hmm. And because women, we multitask, we take care of everyone else. Right. And we typically take care of ourselves last. Right. Right. I mean, right. you're a mom, you're an incredible mama. You are a working mama. Like, yeah. Where do you fall on your totem pole? So I read this article one time. I know, well, I make myself fall higher. But I do because I but read this article one about time it. about the emotional burden mm-hmm. um, of, of working moms. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gum, if that's not true. So it was basically just talking about, you know, two parents. In the, and listen, this may not be true for everybody. We yeah. know that. Like, they're, it's not to knock men or dads. What, it, what I like about this conversation is not to take down men, but to lift up and out women and say yeah. like, it is okay for you to tell your husband he needs to go to the grocery store yeah. or we, whatever. We have very modern gender roles in this house mm-hmm. and we don't have children yet. We are in those conversations right now. And we mm-hmm. always talk about how we want to rear our children. Like? And I want them to have the gift of a working mom so they understand what it takes to get to point A and right, B. Right. And also I want them to, to have visions to believe in something larger than themselves. And I think that's something Ben and I both will instill upon our theoretical future children. Um, but also Ben goes to the grocery store. Ben also does laundry. Right. He also knows that I'm in the season of life where I'm managing two businesses and a team and I'm about to launch this national book tour, which is mm-hmm. insane, mm-hmm. you know, during a, during a pandemic right. and all of these other things that are going on right now in our society. Right. And so he recognizes where he can help and yeah. he does not, he doesn't let his masculinity get in the way of that. Which is awesome. But that's been a conversation that we've had to have because I think too, 
men marry strong women and then they love the idea of that at first Mm -hmm. and then they need to be reminded you know as to how it's a really beautiful partnership when we can come together and really work together and it takes work every day so what do you feel like it's it's interesting what self-care can mean what are Mm -hmm. your what do you feel like self-care means to you it's very, it's a holistic approach and it's mm-hmm. meant certain things at different times in my life. So when I, when I was newly diagnosed with cancer, self-care to me then was to stop and to pause mm-hmm. before I pivoted in any direction. It was mm-hmm. to really hold space by just not doing anything and letting myself feel the feelings that I hadn't felt in a very long time mm-hmm. and to mourn and to be sad. Mm-hmm. Um, going through cancer, self-care to me was having a really, really strong and healthy mindset and having courage and being positive and gentle with myself and believing that I'm a warrior and I can get through these things and I can have a business after this and I can Mm -hmm. have the cancer be the foundation and the gift that lets me dream bigger. Um, self-care also means I'm able to be creative and ambitious. Like Mm -hmm. that's a healthy thing. Okay, guys, speaking from personal experience, this week's special at Celadon is a big one. So Celadon only does an upholstery sale twice a year. So that's like couches, big chairs, your really big expensive items. And they usually do it in March, but then hashtag COVID. So now they're doing another one from July 7th to July 20th. So what that means is you get 20% off anything that's in stock and anything special order. I mean, that's crazy. First of all, that you can get a sale on special order that like, I mean, that never happens. And I specifically remember in our old house, like four years ago, I love these cow chairs that they always have at Celadon. And I was like, I really want them in black though. And then that upholstery sale came and I ordered two of those suckers and they are our favorite chairs in our house. So definitely hit up Celadon, celadonathome.com if you don't live in Charleston. Um, This sale, seriously, it's not to be missed. Um, When I was writing the book, that was was really hard. Mm -hmm. Writing and photographing a book on deadline and self-care through that process was understanding that it's okay to have creative tension. Mm -hmm. It's okay to really be still and create a peaceful receiving environment. So you can really acknowledge and recognize the creativity being downloaded through you at that time. And Mm -hmm. the words that are meant to be, are meant to be on the paper, which is crazy because if I didn't have that self-care practice of waking up in the morning, how I'm going to show up for myself, having affirmations to really get me in the mindset, doing breathing exercises, truly like treating it as a marathon, not a race. And then also understanding how to manage my energy versus my time. Mm -hmm. We always are so schedule oriented, but I said, no, I don't want to be on a schedule. I want to understand what's bringing me joy and giving me energy so I can continue to lean into that Mm -hmm. and not be distracted with a crazy schedule, especially when I was writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it allowed me to, I think, really produce words that are even more powerful and representative of the time that we're living in right now, which Mm -hmm. is... Which is crazy that that even happened, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think self-care for me, honestly, is having a job. 
like, mm-hmm. which sounds crazy, but I'm not good at staying home all day with my kids. I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get very, I don't know, like anxious. And I'm like, what are we pl- What are we doing? Are mm-hmm. we playing? Are we not? Are we mm-hmm. cleaning? Are we, what's happening? And mm-hmm. I'm very schedule detail oriented mm-hmm. and I do better with them when I can leave, go to work, use that part of my brain, you know, Mm -hmm. and my energy Mm -hmm. and then come home and not do that anymore. Yeah. I think self-care, it's so personal and Mm -hmm. independent Mm because now where I am with self-care, it's, it's changed from where I was last year to two years ago to three years ago. It's evolved and self-care now is for me, it's, it's loving myself and it's loving my community and being an agent of change and everything that I try to do with the gifts that I've honed in on that I I'm able to produce and yeah. how that affects not only my life, but the people's lives around me and the communities around me and bringing certain stories to life and highlighting certain people who have a, a, a different voice and honoring that, that variety and honor, honoring a heritage and an ancestry that is, is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your book a little bit. <laughs> it's a labor of love. Yay. It's being birthed. <laughs> it is. Um, the book, I'll tell you first why I wrote the book, and then we'll go like into mm-hmm. the book. It's called The New Southern Style. And why I wrote it was for a few reasons. I want young women to be able to see themselves mm-hmm. in courageous posi- positions, creative positions, um, and expand into those roles one day because that's our future, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the the bigger overarching reason in terms of why I wrote it is when I moved to the South, I'm, I'm Jewish and I didn't feel like I really found my community. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel like I had a community here until I really found my creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, the South has a really hard hard past and present that is still being felt. It it has a very guilty, complex past and it hasn't reconciled reconciled itself yet. And we we're feeling that right now, you know, and, um, we're feeling that nationally. And I feel like creativity, just like intuition, when you're honing in on your creativity and you're honing in on your intuition, it's telling you the truth about the world. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get emotional, but I feel like um, I wanted to bring a certain story that hadn't been told in my aesthetic world, mm-hmm. a world that celebrates style. I wanted to celebrate substance and I wanted to celebrate diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I want my images to be a lighter conduit into deeper messages mm-hmm. around race and social justice and gender equality and creativity connects us. It connects us to ourselves. It connects us to others. It connects us to our communities Mm -hmm. and it's the truth we want to see in the world when we do so in a very vulnerable way. And so the book, the book is a conversation. I'm taking people into my home and 30 other creatives homes who Mm -hmm. are creative entrepreneurs. I'm talking like artists and chefs and authors and designers and you know just really awesome voices who are using their craft and their creativity and their vulnerability to help 
positively impact and have those hard conversations with their communities. Yeah. Can you say who any of them are or no? We ha- you yeah. have to buy the book. I already <laughs> yeah. bought it. But still. It's, it's available for pre-order. So please, you know, definitely support it. Um, but yeah, uh, Bobby Burke is in it. He's oh, in LA. Fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm profiling people with old and new ties to the South. Yeah. Um, Joy the Baker is in it. Okay. Clea Shearer is in it. Manit Shohan is in it. Alex L., who is an incredible author and activist, is in it. She's mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Um, Caroline Randall Williams is in it. She's in, she's a beautiful educator, poet, and activist here in Nashville. Um, Shay McGee of Studio McGee is in yeah. it. She's amazing in pure Fine. sunshine. Gray Malin is in it. Yeah, he yeah. is a beautiful fine art photographer. Um, there are so many, and so many more. Ruthie Lindsay, who... Mm-hmm really has pinpointed um, pain as a st- story and point of healing and power and mm-hmm. embracing those things. So it's it's a lot of things. This is a book that is not only going to inspire the four walls of your home, mm-hmm. it's going to inspire your creative soul. And it's going to inspire us all to really embrace our shadows and, and navigate our own light and the power and dimension of it. Because it's really different. It's not just an... Uh, home it's not style a, it's not just book. a home design book this yeah. is something that has meaning and purpose and is really connecting to community that is awesome thanks i can't wait for Thank it what's you. september you said it comes september 22nd okay yeah and where so pre-order would be like amazon all major just book everywhere retailers. yeah i'm all. excited thank I'm, you i'm excited for you it's just thank been you so fun um to get to know you and watch you just explode (laughs) and all of this it's been really really cool to watch well it's an honor to have this conversation yeah I love connecting with you so okay so where can people find you um uh Instagram you can follow the journey there at Alyssa really beautiful home pictures thank you um Instagram is a great Place. I, have, I also like sharing some behind the scenes on stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on my website, Um And I've just launched a few great resources there too to help people really embrace and create the confidence around their creativity. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, website, social media, I'm there. Yep. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks so much, guys. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, rate it, subscribe, tell your friends, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Thanks.